Welcome to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast hosted by Becky Dameron. Becky was saved at a young age and reared in a Christian home. At an early age, she sought for a special relationship, Jesus Christ. As her love for Jesus grew, so did her love for His Word. Becky has enjoyed leading ladies' Bible studies, speaking at ladies' conferences, and sharing the gospel with anyone willing to listen. We hope you have your Bible and are ready to dive into studying God's amazing book. We're going to rewind a little bit and talk about Genesis 48, 15, and 16. But first, I want to finish the story and the idea of what happened here when Jacob switched his hands as as we saw last time, Joseph's worried and, and he thinks you're not doing what's right. Like sometimes young people think an older person, they don't know what they're doing. Oh, that you're not sure. This is how Joseph is thinking. And then it also says it displeased him. He thought, this is not right. What are you doing, dad? You know, this is, 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 is not right. I'm going to fix it. But uh, we see that his father refused. So I'll pick up an 18 for now, but it says Joseph said unto his father, not so my father, for this is the firstborn, put thy right hand upon his head. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son. So Jacob knew all along. And I, I think this is a fault on Joseph's trying to fix his dad. You know, he knows his dad's old and everything like that, but he's the one that brought his sons for the blessing from who from Jacob so he's got to let Jacob give the blessing and Joseph rightfully submits it's not like he he's in rebellion or anything like like that he just thinks something's got to be off but we have to remember Jacob is the one giving the blessing I think then he knows exactly what's going on but that is why I believe earlier explained that Jacob's eyes are dim so that's why Joseph thinks, okay, he, he must be off. But no, Jacob knew, Israel knew. He says, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, and he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. So he's just telling him right then, as as we saw in the beginning, Joseph brings Manasseh and Ephraim, he always lists Manasseh first, then Ephraim, but then after that, it switched. Ephraim is listed first, and then Manasseh, and this is because Jacob knew Ephraim was going to be a great nation, and, and he was actually going to have more descendants. I read somewhere that, he, I mean, he had like double the descendants than Manasseh. I'm not exactly sure, but it was a huge difference in number. Even when you see the listings later, when they list out in numbers and chronicles and things like that, he became a very big nation. But as promised, I want to go back to Genesis 48:15. I didn't get into this the last podcast, and I had planned to, but it took me longer to get through that passage than what I thought I would. So this is just a beautiful picture here of God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, and God the Son, Jesus Christ. As we look back at verse 15, this is Jacob blessing Joseph. First, he's blessing Joseph, and he says, God, before whom my father Abraham and Isaac did walk. So God... God the Father, before whom my 
dad and my father walked, the God which fed me all my life long unto this day. So it's the same God, but who nourishes us? Who feeds us? Who who opens the word of God to us every day and and is our comforter and our one that goes alongside of us, the Holy Spirit? Then it says, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. Who's that? Who, who redeemed us? Jesus Christ. And so I believe this is a clear picture of the Trinity and Jacob is telling Joseph all three. He's saying right here, we have God, the Father, God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus Christ. And what do they do for us? What does our fathers, a good fathers do for, do for us? They provide for us. They lead us. They guide us. They teach us. Anybody with a good father understands the idea of God, the Father, being a wonderful, wonderful picture in our minds. Then we have God, the Holy Spirit. We can be fed every day from God's word by opening it and reading it. But besides that, God provides for us this idea. He fed me all my life long until this day. God provides for us in every area of our life. You might say, oh, I need this uh, one thing. I, I God hasn't given me this one thing. Trust me, God has given you exactly what you need and exactly what's right for you in your life. He provides for those who follow him. But then, oh, I love that last phrase, the angel which redeemed me from all evil. What's redeem mean? It means to purchase, to, to purchase up. And what did this angel do for Jacob? He purchased him from all evil. He redeemed redeemed him. He bought him from evil. Instead of being in a path that's evil and instead of being destroyed by evil people, this angel, it, which is capital letters, we know it's for referring to God. It's referring to Jesus Christ, redeemed Jacob. Oh, I love that. And I love seeing Jesus in the Old Testament. I love seeing the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. He, the God that we serve today is the same God that's being referred to right here. Yesterday, today, forever. I love that song too, that we serve the same God. And I knew I didn't have time to go into all that as, as we were finishing up last time. And I wanted to take the time to point that out. Think about God today. Think of him as your father. Think of him as your comforter who is with you, who indwells you, that leads you, that guides you. Think about Jesus Christ and what he did for you and how he redeemed you from sin. If God's done all that, why do we go back and live in the slop of what we were before we were saved? I don't know. But when we think about God, and as Jacob tells Joseph, who God is. And as we think of that, we, we aren't tempted. We, we don't want anything to do with the evil that God redeemed us from. So think about that today. All right, we've got to keep going. And as we come down, we're going to uh, come to verse 21. And it says, And Israel said unto Joseph, Behold, I die. But God shall be with you and bring you again unto the land of your fathers. That God that we just were talking about, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, 
God the Son, he's going to be with you too, Joseph. Joseph's been in Egypt for a long time. Egypt did not serve this God. And Jacob's just reminding him, this is not your home. The God that served you, he's going to bring you back into the land of your fathers. Moreover, I have given to thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the land of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. Now, there's a lot of possibilities with this verse. Obviously, Joseph knew exactly what Jacob was referring to in that this phrase, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and with my bow. He's talking to Joseph. Joseph doesn't say, I don't know what you're talking about. However, on our side, we don't know exactly what Jacob's referring to. If you say you know exactly what he's referring to, hey, all good power to you. I'll, you know, I'm glad you understand that. When I read about all the different things people said, I boiled it down to two ideas that were given. And Good people disagreed on both sides of it. It's not a big deal, but I think it's worth uh, looking at it. The one that I don't agree with is that it says, Moreover, I have given thee one portion above thy brethren, which I took out of the hand of the Amorite with my sword and bow. This, they say, oh, he's referring to Shechem in the idea that he took a sword and a bow and he killed all the men of Shechem and now Jacob is going to give this to Joseph. I don't agree with this because one, Jacob did not himself fight the men of Shechem with a sword and a bow. This was his sons and he was very unhappy with what he what they did. Also, they weren't Amorites. These were, I believe, Hivites or Hittites. I can't, not Hivites, I think, was the men of Shechem. They weren't, Am, they weren't from Amorite. So the belief that I believe comes from several different passages, and that is that I believe Jacob bought this land from the men of Shechem. I do believe it was an area that he bought because we saw earlier uh, when we were uh, reading that Jacob had a land that he uh, had a well there. So I believe that he bought this land, that it is an area that he would have his uh, flocks go feed at because he owned that land. And then I believe that the Amorites came and took it at some point. I don't know when, but then the Bible doesn't tell us except for here that Jacob had to go back and he had to fight for the land that he bought. Why do I believe that this is the case? So I'm going to read a few passages. One is Genesis 33, 19 and 20, which I've referred to already. And this is talking about Jacob. And it says, he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamar, Shechem's father, for a hundred pieces of money. And he erected there an altar and called it El Elohi Israel. So that's the first mention of him buying this land. Then Joshua 24, 32 says, And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which Jacob bought of the sons of Hamar, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. And it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. Then again in John 4, 5, it says, is talking about Jesus and his disciples. Then he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, 
near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. So you say, well, how is that different than the first option where you said it's not that Shechem? Well, I believe it's in Shechem in the area, but the town and what Jacob's referring to is the lot of land that he bought before his sons destroyed the town of Shechem. If you notice, as we read all those passages, Jacob owned land there right by Shechem. Then his daughter goes out and she wants to visit the, you know, all the other young ladies. Then the event happens. So I don't believe at all that Jacob is giving what the town that his sons uh, killed all the men to Joseph. I believe he's giving him that land that he bought. And then obviously later, some it says that the Amorite, some an Amorite came and tried to fight him for the land, and Jacob had to fight back. All that to say, some things we don't know are, are so clear in Scripture, but what we do need to know and what we can understand is plenty. We'll do fine with that. I remember my dad saying all the time, oh, it's not what you don't understand in Scripture that's the problem. It's what you do understand in Scripture. So I try to point out these little tidbits because this is a Bible study. We are trying to dive in deep. But I could be off. And if I am, this is not a matter of uh, doctrine or anything with exact land this is referring to. But I do point it out because we are trying to dive in deep. As we come to Genesis 49, Jacob is going to die, and he knows he is dying. This is going to be a huge final moment for Jacob. Jacob has lived a rough life. It's not always been that he's done what's right and made the right decisions. But this is very epic, what he's going to do here. It's a wonderful passage. We will start in on it just a little bit and just explain a little bit, but then we'll dive in deep deep next time. So it says, And Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. Gather yourselves together and hear, ye sons of Jacob, and hearken unto Israel your father. So he's saying, I want all of you to come. So I believe all the sons of Jacob are there. They're probably standing in order of age, and he wants them to be all around him. He's not necessarily going to bless them here. He's going to foretell just the truth of their life. And he gets this from God. He knows he's knows the truth of what's going to happen and what we're going to get in with the next podcast is all going to come to pass. It's just more proof that the Bible is true, that it is right, and we can trust the Bible. When Jacob said all this, not any of it had come to pass yet, but it will all come to pass. We know that Moses wrote this. So even what Jacob is going to foretell here, Moses has not even seen come to pass. He's going to talk about the men and their inheritance and where they're going to be in the land of Israel. Moses never got into the land of Israel. He died before then. So this is a prophetic passage, another passage that just shows us again that the Bible's true. If anybody wants to say the Bible's not true, let every man be called a liar that says that. They are not true. Let God be true and every man a liar. Heavenly Father, thank you, 
for your word. Thank you that we can trust your word. Thank you that you gave us your word. Oh, I can't imagine living where we don't have your word. And I'm so sad to know of countries that don't have your word. We know that they have they have truth of creation. They have truth of uh, uh you showing yourself in their lives, but Lord, I thank you that I can read your word and I have it. And I pray that I wouldn't neglect it, that I'd not be drowsy as I'm reading your word and, and lackadaisical, but that I would treasure it as we're going to come and see a very prophetic passage here that shows you're true and you're right and you're so worthy to be served. Thank you for listening to Come Magnify the Lord with Me podcast. Please join Becky Dameron each weekday for a study through the Bible from a woman's perspective. If you've enjoyed this podcast or have any questions, please reach out to Becky through Come Magnify the Lord with Me Facebook page. Until next time, God be with you and may He greatly bless you as you continue to grow through following His Word.